Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage Hour, 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. And if you're a local band or musician with original music you'd like to hear on the radio, you can reach out to me directly. Find all the contact information on the Almost Famous page at 95.9WATD.com. Give me a follow on Facebook and Instagram tonight at Almost Famous Radio. And you can subscribe to the podcast. Find that by searching Almost Famous WATD on your favorite podcast app. Or head over to almostfamousradio.com. And it is the Tiny Stage Hour. Tonight, we're being joined in studio by Chuck McDermott. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, John. Welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. For those who missed the first few times you've been here, give an introduction. I have been a performing musician, well, really since I was a teenager, but starting in the early 70s, I migrated to Boston with some school friends, and we started a band called Wheatstraw that occupied all of the 70s for me and my compatriots. We explored hardcore country music for most of that time. And that was at a time when country really wasn't that popular. It was not cool. (laughs) Um, You know, it became cool. I think the great lesson I got out of that was I just fell in love with it. And I'm originally from Iowa. So I spent my first 10 years in Dubuque, Iowa. And, of course, country music was on the radio along with Elvis and Bill Haley and Pat Boone and others. So it was there in my DNA and through through the birds and stuff like that. In Grand Parsons, I was exposed to country rock, but I, I just fell in love with it and um, decided to really focus on it. And then the, this kind of urban cowboy thing rolled through the music industry in the mid to late 70s. And there became a lot of opportunities for bands who were proficient with country music and my band, Wheatstraw, and John Lincoln Wright and the Sour Mash Boys and a couple others, we were ready. And it, it, it taught me that you can't chase a trend. I mean, if you're going to chase a trend, by definition, you're late. Do what you love. And, you know, if the, if the stars align, that'll be your ticket. Very cool. Yeah. So, And all these years later, you released a new album last year. Talk about that. Yeah. So, yeah, I I put out a a record last year called 38 Degrees and Raining, and um, it was a child of the pandemic. And when we began work on the record in January of 2020, no one had heard of coronavirus and all of that. Um, But very shortly thereafter, we did. So we got some stuff done in the studio and then some working remotely. But... uh, uh, I was very happy with the way the record turned out. It was produced by Marco Giovino, who played drums on my prior record and did all the drumming on this and is a veteran of Buddy Miller's band and Robert Plant and all these other luminaries and a great, great, great musician and friend. And uh, that kept me busy for a good part of 2020 and 2021. And it received some very positive reviews and things like that from folks like Roseanne Cash and Buddy Miller and some other people whom I 
admire. And uh, I'm just beginning now work on what will be the follow-up to that. And I might play a song or two that is destined for that in our little soiree here today. That sounds amazing. Before we get that far, share with us your contact information. Where can people find you online, the website, social media, anything like that? Okay, great. Home base is my website, which is chuckmcdermott.com, cleverly titled. If you go there, you can sign up and get word whenever I'm going to be playing out and where and when that will be. And there's a lot of other information on there, too. There's a lot of my music, a lot of videos, some of my blog musings about music and some of the songs that I've written and things like that. Um, So that's a good place. And then, um, you know, my music is on all of the streaming networks, Spotify, Apple Music. You can find it there. You can purchase hard copies through the website. And uh, I do a little bit on on Instagram, more more on on Facebook than anything else. But uh, and welcome you friending me there. Fantastic. Let's start the night off with a song. What are we kicking things off with? I, I'm going to do a tune that hasn't yet ended up on one of my records, but um, this is, again, during the pandemic that I challenged myself. Let's just, Chuck, let's write a simple, happy song, which sounds easy until you try to do it. Um, and yesterday was already taken, so I Gonna be a better day when the tide rolls in. It's gonna be a better place than where I've been. It's gonna be a better night when the sun goes down. After all the angels play, it's gonna be a better day. It's gonna be a better walk If I stand up straight It's gonna be a better talk If it goes real late It's gonna be a better song Once everybody sings along That'll blow the blues away That makes a better day Possibilities. All I need is my red-headed woman waking up with me. It'll be a better road if it ran forever. I would be a braver man if I never said never. I could be your signal light Brighten up your foggy night Chasing all the ghosts away That makes a better day
It'll be a better gift Won't you hurry up and give it It'll be a better life Won't you go ahead and live it It'll be a brighter smile Won't you let it grow a while That'll then I come to say That makes a better day It'll be a brighter smile Once we let it grow a while With the kinder things we say We make a better day Chuck McDermott on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Talk about how that song happened. You said you wanted to write a simple song. Walk us through your songwriting process on that tune. On that one, I didn't really start out with a title or anything like that. I just found a very simple chord progression, and um, so some of the first verse started to come. You know, what I do is I, I keep two types of lists. I have a list. It used to be on paper. It's in my phone now. But when I have a a lyric idea or a a phrase that captures my imagination or something like that, it goes on this list. And then conversely, when I'm just knocking around on the guitar, it's not uncommon that a chord progression or a melody or even some licks might just emerge from that. And I record them, either video or or make an audio recording on my phone. And oftentimes I can take threads from either of those and get a song started. This particular song, I didn't follow either of those, but uh, just the, the kind of the chord pattern came up just while I was goofing around, and I knew I wanted to try to write something that was positive. You know, this was during the COVID lockdown stuff, and I had some pretty angry songs on that record too. But uh, this was not one of them, but uh, written during the same period of time. You've been writing songs for a lot of years. How has your songwriting evolved since the time you started with Reedstraw? Mm-hmm. I just have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> um, you know, I've been married and divorced. I'm married again. I've lost both of my parents. I've had several jobs. I've got three children of my own and two stepchildren and and um I've lived a lot of life so there's just so much more to call upon that it feels rich you know in your 20s it's kind of you're a crash test dummy for love and <laughs> career you know and all these things and uh and so that's what you write about and now there's just a lot more to to pull upon on a similar topic, how do you continue to keep your songwriting ideas current? Um, y- y- just keeping it on my mind. You know, I I, I took a break from music, of, of playing music full-time, of a b- brief 34 years, <laughs> and raised a family and things like that. And But I never stopped playing, like, you know, gigging some, playing at home as much as I could, and continuing to write songs. For the past four or five years, I've been able to turn my attention pretty exclusively to songwriting so and, and playing music and gigging. So keeping one's mind and heart open for song ideas 
creates a place they can come to. And so you took that break for 34, 35 years. You released the album Gin and Rosewater after that break. How do you think your songwriting has evolved from Gin and Rosewater to the album that just came out? Gin and Rosewater was fascinating for me because it was the first, well, the first time back in the studio in a long time, but also the first time that I brought my songs to a producer, a fellow named Lauren Entress, whom I know you know. He's produced a lot of Call It Americana artists, Laurie McKenna and, and Mark Arelli and others, and assembled a group of studio musicians. So I didn't go in with my band. We sat down with guys who had only heard a voice guitar demo of the songs we were going to record. So we're talking Marco Giovino, Richard Gates on bass, Kevin Berry on guitar, and myself. And with players of that caliber, just magic happened. I mean, it's just amazing how, with just a couple run-throughs, they would bring their lifetime of experience to these songs. And it really expanded the sonic palette and the rhythmic palette and things like that. And it opened my eyes to the sort of widening the aperture in my songwriting stylistically and rhythmically and things like that, knowing that... It was a phone call away from guys who could really deliver on that. And that's also available on all streaming platforms as well, right? Gin, right. And, Ro- Gin and Rosewater. I yeah. can say it. <laughs> yeah, Gin, yeah, Gin and Rosewater yeah, and 38 Degrees and Raining, both. Fantastic. Right Let's continue with the live tunes. What are we listening to next? Okay. So this is, this is one that we had begun work on for 38 Degrees and Raining, but um, had to kind of set it aside because we couldn't get everybody in the studio. But this is one of my wife's favorite songs. So, Anne, this, I do this for you. And the story here is, real quickly, as my interest in songwriting leads me to read a lot of biographies and autobiographies of musicians and songwriters. And that's been very inspiring, but also in a funny way discouraging, because it kind of made me feel the deck was stacked against me as a writer because growing up, I actually had a happy childhood. I, <laughs> I, I actually got along with my father, which is apparently, you know, not just, just not supposed to happen. Um, and uh, so in order to make up for that, I had to make some really stupid mistakes in my 20s and 30s. And to have the sort of the grit and gravitas to hold myself out as a, as a songwriter. And uh, so that that's touched upon in this song here. This is called The Whiskey Priest. All right. Chuck McDermott, 95.9 WATD. It's all yours. Nothing really bothered me Happiness came easily I was born a heartland child Bred to run a country mile I believed in the family tree strong where I belong 
handy heart A flippant way to throw love's dart I could promise higher ground Just to be the love not found I'd be the one like a sodden match You became my sulfur scratch I'd become the whiskey priest You became my soul's release We've all healed through a slow ravine things go I will always love you I am here to love you Wrap my arms around McDermott on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Talk about that song. You said you had to put that song on the side for 38 Degrees in Raining. What was that decision made? It was made when, probably in March or April, where we were, we'd actually had a string arrangement written uh, for that. And uh, it just was going to require more coordination than we were comfortable trying to do gotcha. using people remotely. So it'll definitely end up on a record someday. Sounds great. <laughs> Chuck McDermott joining us on the Tiny Stage tonight, 95.9 WATD. We are up against our first break of the Tiny Stage Hour. We have a lot more to chat about, more songs to share as well. So stick around. It's 95.9 WATD. It's Almost Famous. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the Almost Famous Tiny Stage 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass, I'm John Shea. And again, if you're a local band or musician with original music you'd like to hear on the radio, reach out and find all the contact information on the Almost Famous page at 95.9WATD.com. So tonight, joining us on the Tiny Stage, we have Chuck McDermott. How you doing? Doing great. 
Sounding fantastic tonight. Thank you for making this work. No, no, thank you. It's my pleasure. So share with us again where people can find you online. Okay, start at chuckmcdermott.com, and uh, you'll find a lot of music. You'll find uh, videos. Uh, you'll find some of my blog musings there and things like that. And that'll allow you to sign up for my newsletter, which will let you know where I'm playing and what I'm doing. And uh, then you can find my music on all of the streaming networks, Spotify, Amazon Music, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, come to a show if you're local. Yeah, you've got one coming up at the Burn in Somerville. Yes, uh, Thursday, June 23rd, uh, the back room of the Burn. It's a great room. Uh, it's, it's an honor to play there, and uh, I would love to see any of you there. And you've got an album that just dropped last year, 38 Degrees and Raining. Tell us about that. Correct. So that was my pandemic record. You know, if you read publications like No Depression and, you know, and things like that, everybody's got a, a pandemic record because the, the damn thing has gone on for so long. <laughs> in fact, the last time that you were here was in, I think, the fall of 2020. And I think the, the album was still, I think you gave me like a CDR yeah. of like a rough mix of the album at the time. And it was still kind of a work in progress, which I think that was supposed to be the date that you were going to be releasing it or somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah, well, it, it slowed things down a lot when, you know, I, I was doing like a lot of the vocals and guitar parts at home and then emailing those back to Marco the so they could go into the master track, and it's just a little bit slower process. You've been a part of the music community for a number of years. Talk about your history in the Boston area, playing your original music. Yeah. So, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Wheat Straw really formed in, in like 1970, 1971. Fortunately, over the course of a decade, built a, a good following. We were touring from Toronto to New Orleans. Um, and there was a very vibrant live music scene in New England at that time. A lot of clubs, a lot of them had music five or seven nights a week. You know, the colleges were very fertile in terms of consuming live music. And so it was a great environment in which to learn. And also, as I mentioned, I got pretty seriously into this country music thing, and there was a whole other circuit of country music clubs around New England where you'd go to Buffalo and you'd play a club, the same club, for two weeks, six nights a week, five sets a night. Well, that's how you learn how to play, <laughs> you know, and perform and things like that. So over time that built up, and, and as I mentioned earlier too, a kind of a country wave caught that attracted a lot of college-age kids to the music, Waylon and Willie and Jerry Jeff Walker and all that kind of stuff. So we were the beneficiaries of that as interest peaked in that. Because of those years, in 2015, I, I was honored to be inducted into the Massachusetts Country Music Hall of Fame. Congrats um, on that. That's awesome. Yeah. And because uh, we did, we turned a lot of college kids on to Hank Williams. And, and that's a public service. <laughs> in my book. And we did a couple records that were were uh, very well critically received. You know, Rolling Stone and New York Times. and Everybody had nice things to say about it. But I just couldn't get signed in Nashville. So I, in 1980, I decided to 
drawn my lookout in Southern California. And um, I started a band out there, but I also met one of my musical heroes, John Stewart, shortly after I arrived out there. And John had been a mainstay in the Kingston Trio, but had gone on to a solo career that you could call one of the cornerstones of Americana music. There was no term for that then. He was just coming off a big hit called Gold that had been produced by Lindsey Buckingham with background vocals by Stevie Nicks and all of this jazz. And uh, he and I became friends, and he had my band open for his band, and then he had me play guitar in his band, and then he, he dropped his band, and he and I toured as a duo for about four or five years. And then life intervened and marriage and children. And Very other cool. things, yeah. That's awesome. And here you are today, the new album, 38 Degrees and Raining, available on all platforms. Let's do another live song. What are we listening to next? Okay, well, I will, uh, I'm, I'm going to end our discussion with a song from 38 Degrees and Raining, but I've already begun the beginnings of work on, on the follow-up album to 38 Degrees and Raining. And this is kind of a, my first try at this. This is a concept record, if you will. Unlike, let's say, Red-Headed Stranger or something like that, the protagonist in this song is not a former rodeo rider or bank robber or outlaw with a big heart and the girls just love him, but he's going to keep, he's moving on. He's a rambling man. Um, <laughs> this the, the star of this show is a guy who's, you know, on the back nine, but uh, he's all right with that and he's, had a full life and his ups and downs and whatnot, but he feels that he's probably going to end the game with people he loves who love him too, and that's being a hero. Awesome. I love it. Chuck McDermott, 95.9 WATD, the tiny stage is yours. I may be long in the tooth and a little bit worse for wear. I've lost some tread on the tires and I'm slower stepping up the stairs. But my singing in the shower sounds like Wilson Pickett. If I ain't Buddy Holly, I'm a damn good cricket. I hold my own. I hold my own. I walk this world with the people I believe in. The golden rule is enough religion for me. I got a thousand good stories and I know that some of them are true Like the night I met Trudy at the Casa de Rendezvous She was like the first martini She came on slow and then she hit me She took the breath out of me She said, boy, you said, honey, you got me believing that I'm just a lucky guy. I said, I'm road tested. I've run this car around the track. I'm road tested. And you won't catch me looking back. I've had three wives and five little children. It cost a pretty penny, but I ain't complaining my mind. I'm just a lucky guy I'm 
We built our own little shack at the end of Recreation Road. It's got an in-ground pool and a fully featured outdoor stove. Trudy tends to the taters in the garden. I got a ride on mower and I beg your pardon to me. That sounds like victory. I get my eyes on a prize and my home fire's burning. I've heard that the Lord shapes a back to the burden. That's why I'm still a lucky guy. We're road tested, rocking through the ups and downs. We're road tested, rolling to a glory bound. We hold hands and we wander in the moonlight. I keep her laughing and she keeps me upright. Very cool. Chuck McDermott, 95.9. At the height of COVID, you were one of the driving forces in our local music community to try and support local musicians who were out of work. Talk about what that experience was like for you at the time. In my non-musical life, I've been pretty deeply involved in politics. I worked in Washington for 12 years, on the Hill and off the Hill and, and whatnot. And uh, I'm a you know recovering Democrat one day at a time, just trying to hang in there. But an opportunity came up during COVID to play a role in the Biden campaign arts policy committee. So this was something that was pulled together to provide insight to the Biden campaign, the candidate himself and others around him about the impacts of the pandemic on the music and entertainment and arts community writ large. And, you know, the, all the, the big theaters were totally shut down, like here in Boston, the Wang and the Schubert and all of those had to go dark by fiat. Musicians were out of work. The whole rest of the, the economic ecosystem around music was pretty paralyzed. And so the, this effort on kind of the, the bigger level was to provide input about what kinds of help and program and funding would be life-saving for these parts of the arts community. And then also to advocate for, you know, some kind of financial support for, for musicians. And, and I reached out to some of the other venue operators around the Boston area to get their input so that I could be a voice for them through this process as well. And you mentioned theaters going dark because they weren't necessarily completely dark. There's a a term in the the theater and the music industry called the ghost light. Talk about the ghost light series that you were a part of, too, at the height of COVID. Right. So so there's a, a, a local treasurer named Joe Spaulding. And Joe, for 34 years, has been the president of, the, of what we call the Box Center, so the Wang Theater and the Schubert Theater, and one of the great promoters of the arts. And when those two theaters had to close, it was Joe's idea to 
take this tradition of a ghost light, which was, you know, at the end of the night in every, any theater, you'd put a lone, you know, bare light bulb out on the stage and just to make sure that stages never went dark. That was the tradition. So his idea was, let's bring in local area artists or touring artists who might be coming through, although there wasn't much of that, and have them play to the empty room in the Wang Theater, which is a national historic landmark. It's, you know, insanely beautiful and ornate and um, has fabulous acoustics. So this is no PA, no mics, no amps, no nothing. You just sang into that space. And it ended up getting picked up by the New England Cable News Network and broadcast all around New England on, on a, I think it was a weekly basis. And a lot of really wonderful artists participated in it. They had one show that was Jonathan Edwards, Tom Rush, and Noel Paul Stuckey, the three of them swapping the guitar around, you know, and doing that kind of thing. But Laurie McKenna, Mark Arelli, Jay Pissarros, a number of great artists came through and turned in some really wonderful performances. And uh, it was a fundraising vehicle for the for the Wang and for the Folk Americana Roots Music Hall of Fame that is in the nascent stages of being um, housed there. And uh, uh, it was really a beautiful thing. Fantastic. It sounds amazing. Yeah. And really well needed at the time. Yes, it was. That's the voice of Chuck McDermott. He's the guest tonight on the Tiny Stage. Let's do more of your music. What are we listening to next? Okay, this is this is another new one. Um, as a part of this concept record I was describing, and my hero on this one is you know his kids are kind of growing up. They're high school or college or whatever, and they've all got their mobile devices, and just, the world's kind of changing pretty quickly on them. And he's trying to make a little sense out of it. <laughs> I love I, it. I wish him luck. Chuck McDermott, WATD. never learned to drive stick shift we raised them with a silver spoon with their laptop max and their camelback packs and a diet of korean cartoons tuning into tiktok texting with the lights on tuning into minecraft begging for the keys back to fire up the rav4 rolling out the front door The things that I got from my daddy still make any sense When your road to fame is a video game When your Twitter is your best defense Every day's a new scene Did you get the vaccine? Should I buy the Bitcoin? Running with the big boys Is it just a brain drain? Choking the supply chain Elon Musk or buy me an electric Ford 
space the prize we should colonize Or is it something that we best ignore Richard Branson Still ruggedly handsome But should he be my guru Or does he have a screw loose I try to stay with it But I'm missing my stick shift Love it. Chuck McDermott, 95.9 WATD. So how far along is this new album done so far? We've zeroed in on the, the songs. There are going to be nine songs on it. And uh, Marco Giovino, again, who's the producer and drummer on this, and I have spent some sessions, just the two of us, trying to shape these things up a little bit, you know, drop a verse here or move a chorus around there. So we're, we're close now. We'll call that pre-production. We're close now to, to lining up some musicians and uh, starting to roll tape. Speaking of rolling tape, let's hear more of your music. What are we listening to next? Okay. we got two more songs left. Two more songs to go. Okay. You know what I'll do? Um, the last recording I did before my real hiatus was entitled The Turning of the Wheel, and it was for a British record label and uh, only available on vinyl uh, but this was the uh, title song to that so it's about kind of coming of age and getting married and having kids and and accepting those responsibilities and the curious thing about it to me is I, when I wrote it I was not married and I had no children <laughs> but the, the song just sort of spilled out of me and um it made me believe that sometimes you grow into your songs, you know? A lot of times you're looking in the rearview mirror when you write, but sometimes I think whether we plan it or not, you're looking out the windshield. Like a premonition song. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Chuck McDermott, 95.9 WHD, it's all yours.
as they wash the factory down And honey, know I love you And I'm glad for all we did I don't regret the wedding rings I don't regret the kid But playing on the radio Is a song we used to sing Chuck McDermott, 95.9 WATD. Nice job on that. Thank you. We are up against our final break of the night. We have one more song to share and a little more to talk about, too, with Chuck McDermott. It's almost famous. 95.9 WATD. Stick around. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. For the final time tonight, welcome back to the almost famous Tiny Stage, 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass, I'm John Shea, and we are in studio tonight with Chuck McDermott. Chuck, how you doing? Doing well, John. Thanks. So share with us again your website, your social media information, all that good stuff. 
Everything you ever wanted to know about me and less is on my website, uh, which is chuckmcdermott.com. And that will uh, allow you to, if you're interested, you can sign up and we'll let you know when I'm gigging around and things like that. And you can see some of my videos and hear some of the music, etc. And uh, my two most recent records, uh, Gin and Rosewater and 38 Degrees and Raining, are available on all of the standard streaming platforms, Spotify, etc. And um, I will be gigging around town through the summer and fall. I'll be at the back room of the Burren in Davis Square, Somerville, on Thursday, June 23rd. Some tickets are still left for that. Cool. So if you move quickly, we can see you there. Do you have a favorite onstage moment in your career so far? Favorite onstage moment. Wow. Um, well, there was a time uh, we were playing, a, this is in the, with Wietstra, we were playing at the Lone Star Cafe in New York City, which had become quite the hot spot. And uh, my manager came up mid-set and kind of called me over to the side of the stage and said, look up, look up in the balcony. And Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash were oh, sitting, nice. <laughs> sitting at a table <laughs> with daughter Carlene and uh, looking down at us. And uh, a favorite moment in it, I probably was, have never been more terrified than I was at that minute. But uh, we carried on. And then at the, at the break, Barry Glefsky, Boston resident, my manager, brought me up and I got to sit with them for a little bit. Excellent. Well, let's close out the night with one of your songs. What are we wrapping things up with? Okay, so this is a song. I was I was really, really honored to be invited to perform at this year's Kerrville Folk Festival. And I think this is the song that, that got me there. It's it, This one finishes out the most recent record, 38 Degrees and Raining. And uh, I, a friend of mine who heard it described it as a Lover's Quarrel. So it, it, for me, it's a love song to a, a place that I, I do, I really dearly love, and a series of ideas I really love, with, and sometimes I quarrel with her. Here's the thing about America She's as dirty as she's clean She's as gentle as she's mean She's everything between sheer hell and fantasy She'll take the best of you And send it off to war No telling what it's for Leave your lover at the door Can't understand why his world don't feel free. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about America if you wield the heavy tool, if you play by all the rules, in the end you feel a fool. None for you She'll sing equality A 
As if she means every word As if all those cries were heard As if color lines were blurred Just don't sit next to me What a working man Can't understand Why his world don't feel free Not one shred of dignity Sin in silence. They say the lone wolf dies, but the pack always survives. We won't know unless we try to finally prove it. Here's the thing about America it's only ours if we claim it. If we must, then let's reshape it, lest the young rightfully blame it on our Here's the thing about America.